Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everyone. Literally, we just, you guys all got to connect it at the last minute. So, Robin, you're here, I think. <laughs> yep. Good. And Matt, it looks like you're here. Uh, yeah, can you hear me? I can. Sorry, we didn't, I didn't, I did, you guys didn't connect at all in the pre-show, and I don't know if you just jumped, both just jumped on at the last second or whatever, but yeah, I can hear you. I think we're good. We're live already, so let's, uh, <laughs> I guess let's go, just go ahead and start the show with virtually no prep whatsoever. Um, so Matt Turney, welcome back to Drive Through HR, or welcome to, I, I, I don't, I think you've been a guest in the past, but it's been a, quite a, a, quite a, a while. A decade ago, he says. Yeah, I think yeah. That, that's only maybe slightly a hyperbole, but yeah, it's been a really long time since I heard that blog talk radio intro. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's a, it's an oldie but a goodie. Still, we still use it. Uh, I, I do some shows on Zoom these days, but mostly mostly we still use this old uh, this old standby platform, and it works okay. Robin, how are you doing this week? I am uh, good. I am in the phase of the year where I'm perpetually sunburned because I go out on the weekend and I get a fresh sunburn and on top of the previous weekend sunburn and so yeah I'm doing good it's about a thousand degrees here and uh, I'm, I'm rolling okay great well listen it, 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 since I didn't even introduce anyone really I mean I said hello but this is Michael Vandervoort and we're doing a show on on June 9th 2022 and it's a uh, uh, this is my own bad joke, but it's an AMA show. We're going to do Ask Matt Anything because we didn't do any kind of agenda. We obviously didn't do any prep, and I wasn't even sure if we were going to have the call. But we're all here, so welcome to Drive Through HR. Matt, welcome back. We, we want to have you on at least once every decade, so welcome back for the 2021s oh, or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, how are you, Matt, it's been a long time, actually, since I've seen anyone in person, but it's been a, a several years since I've seen you. So you're, you're still in Dallas, right? Yes, yes, I am, where it's yeah, also and, working. Yeah, <laughs> and you re, somewhat recently, it's not like last week or anything, but you somewhat recently joined HR.com. What else is going on in your world these days? And then, Robin, I'll come back around to you. And you, you had a change, too. I want to talk to you about that for a minute yep. as well. So, but, but anyway, let's start with Matt. Matt, what's going on, like, big time these days? Anything? Uh, you know, um, I, travel is starting to pick up, which I think both me and my wife are, are very happy about. Um, <laughs> but, but certainly it's been, you know, an interesting couple of years. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I've, I've enjoyed, uh, owning my own home for the first time, which has been my like lifesaver in the pandemic. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) right. Uh, and just, uh, really trying to, um, I guess virtualize all the good stuff that would happen on the road. Um, like, you know, conversations with Robin over a cigarette, uh, with limited success, <laughs> I would say. So I've been forced to, uh, read stuff like white papers and blogs. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's about all I've been doing is, uh, writing and, uh, thinking about recruiting, but I could have also said that a decade ago. Now, if I'm on the show in a decade still talking about this, I will have a 
abjectly failed in life, and please just take me out of that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come back to your abject failure or the possibility thereof in a little bit. Um, so just out of curiosity, um, what part of da- you know, without giving away your street address, what, what part of Dallas do you live in? So I, I will give away my street address. It's a gated community. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, so I actually live uh, in an area called um, Buckner Terrace, uh, which is just to the east of downtown. So maybe five minutes east on 30 from downtown. So you get to near, you get to be near all the hip, cool, trendy stuff that's happening downtown. I used to live out in Plano, but, but it's been uh, like, yeah. it was in the night. 1980s and so yeah. where i lived i don't even know what that yeah it's quite that was the outskirts of dallas at the time so not yeah, anymore the though of the action yeah yeah but no you know yeah. the best part about where i the action about where i live is i can walk to the texas state fair nice oh fair oh. park what's that other what's the other area down there the no it's not soho so i don't know anyway you, you yeah anyway yeah, Deep Ellum. Yeah, that's the other the other area that had that, at least when I when I've been there in years past, and it's been a few years since I've been to Dallas. Like you, I haven't traveled much that way anyway. Um, but anyway, Robin, you you had I mean I know we talked about this I think a little bit, you know, but I can't remember where or if it was on a show or whatever. But you you, you just had a big announcement, so let's recover that uh, for Matt and everyone else, and just the uh, and then we'll we'll t- we'll go into the AMA part where we'll just start asking Matt random questions. Yeah, we um very exciting and action-packed last couple of months um, in that our our firm, Paradise Group, was acquired by Cielo. And so we are now, uh, we've gone from our, you know, 30 employees to being part of a company with uh, about 4,000. So the navigating, uh, co- you know, corporate, again, is probably <laughs> one of our biggest changes for everyone, but by and large, the work that we do um, has stayed the same, um, and and we've come into Cielo, we've joined the consulting group, which is growing by leaps and bounds, um, um, and the <coughs> consulting group headed by Elaine Orler, who we all know, and um, so we've come onto, onto her team, and we're bringing in this tech consulting piece. Um, where the consulting group already has focused a lot on strategy, if you will. Let's, let's you know, workflow, reimagine, rethink your, especially TA uh, processes and what sort of, you know, tech can we, can we bring in with you and that sort of thing. And so we're bringing in the tech work, actually, especially around Workday. That's kind of our specialty. And so um, we're, we're rocking and rolling. It's, it's it's fun. It's exciting, um, and um, like I said, very interesting again to be back in a large corporate environment. Yeah, I I saw that Caleb managed to navigate navigate his way out of corporate down to the, like the British Virgin Islands or something. He was yeah. on a boat with his kids yeah. fishing or something. That looked pretty good. I was yeah. just down in St. Martin, as you know, and that was, that was really nice. Um, you uh, you uh, kind of sidestepped out of HR in this role, the newer role too, right? You're not doing this. Yeah. You're, you're no, no longer robbing the HR lady on a daily basis. It is, um, it is such a uh, breath of fresh air. It's the first time in my working career that I have not been in the HR department in any capacity, <laughs> whether as a 
whether as a player or as a leader or whatever, I am I'm only a I'm a consumer of the HR department now, and it's delightful. Um, although I do miss but, being able to quickly go look something up because I don't have access to any of the systems, right? So um, I kind of miss that. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it, there two two thoughts occur to me here. One is one of these days we'll hear you. Just when I thought I was out, they dragged me back in because or, yeah, you're, you never you're, know. You're, <laughs> Because it's inevitable, kind of like what Matt's saying. And then um, the second thing is, um, even though you've sidestepped out, um, you're too much of a uh, an HR person at heart to give up, you know, Peggy Sue, the HR lady stories and all that stuff. So I am quite sure you'll stay uh, close to the industry, even though you're not doing the the benefits fairs or whatever anymore. So yeah, cool. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah, (laughs) I I don't I don't miss any of that day day to day crap either. I have a weird job, but I don't (laughs) have to do day to day stuff like that. So Um, Matt, you know, it's funny. I was I was thinking about the 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 show yesterday when we were going to try to do it uh, originally. And, and I think I remember correctly that, you know, you, you, you're kind of saying if you spend another decade in talent, you're going to be a, a abysmal failure. But didn't, didn't you start out like, weren't you like a script writer or something in school or whatever? Yeah, I mean, you've yeah. made a kind of a, you've made a few pivots in your day and as well, right? So well, I, I yeah. Kind of, and that's, can you, well, that's why it's just like organized <laughs> labor, Mike. So, um, yeah, no. that's right. Uh, you know, my first experience with unions was me not being told I could not be a screenwriter anymore. But yeah, that's that's how I started. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that the ability to write uh, conventional um, and very terse, uh, you know, character driven dialogue has, has hurt me very much. And certainly learning mm-hmm. how to pitch uh, has been yep. quite helpful throughout my career. Yeah, so so I, I guess I've probably heard the story about the script writing thing, but I don't remember the details. So tell me that because I'm curious. They so they came in somewhere and you were a non, oh, yeah. non-union so, writer, and they uh, said clear out. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what happened. No, so I actually graduated from um, the the BFA screenwriting program at the University of Southern California, which is only worth mentioning because it is the hardest undergraduate program to get into in the entire country. I obviously right. had a much better work ethic in high school, um, but they, huh. they let 12 people in and, you know, it's kind of a cohort type deal. And it was understood, you know, you're going to, you're going to get work after you graduate. Um, I had taken a job as a talent scout in recruiting uh, back when I was trying to like find a side gig. Um, and so that's how I fell into this business because I answered a Craigslist ad and I misunderstood what they meant by talent. Um, <laughs> It's a 100% true story. So, uh, but then they told me, you know, this job, because I, you know, was about to start uh, pushing a mail cart up at what was then William Morris uh, for 17 uh-huh. hours a day in minimum wage, right? Uh, so then they're like, well, you could do that or you could make way more money selling, jo- selling jobs. And I'm like, is, is that actually a thing? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, so a sales job where everyone needs the product that you're selling. Yeah, that sounds really easy. And uh, indeed, that uh, ended up being the case, because within two years, I had found myself uh, with a studio pass driving in, and I believe I was 23 at the time, which is scary, uh, into Warner mm. Brothers every day, uh, where I was running, um, you know, I was part of their executive recruiting team, but it is now called employer branding and social recruiting. Neither of those terms existed at the time. I just like, you know, tweeted yeah. 
descriptions and stuff. Uh, the problem when I was at Warner Brothers, though, was the Writers Guild went on strike. Uh, that was when reality shows were actually finally starting to make money and they weren't covered, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, mm-hmm. uh, at 23, I had to choose between uh, going to my corner office at a studio where I had not one but two assistants and my own golf cart or, you know, quitting that job for the part-time thing that hadn't paid off yet. So I became a scab, not really realizing that, that, that I could never again work for a WGA signatory company. Um, the good news is uh, uh, I am a member of the Producers Guild, so I can tell people I'm in the PGA, uh, although I haven't done anything like that. <laughs> really well, very, you know, sad, but, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the realities of unionism that, you know, that people kind of under, under the belly, so to speak. Anyway, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Robin, mm-hmm. I've, I've talked for five minutes. Why don't you ask Matt something? Well, um, I, 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 I do want to, before we finish the show, I want to, um, I want to reminisce a little bit about uh, the largest HR conference in the world that's coming up next week. Uh, I want to reminisce oh, yeah. about that with Matt a little bit um, as, a, as a precursor to, to next week. But um, tell us about um, the HR.com gig, because you are, talk about bringing, here's where I think, Matt, that you brought it kind of full circle, because you are now, you are now editing a full-on magazine. Among, among other things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so tell us what what you're doing, what you're building, because you're building it, really, at HR.com. I, I don't know that I am, and if so, we'd have a much better-looking website. But, you know, that uh, all of you <laughs> um, But, you, you know, here's... the TA focus, I would say. Let me put that Well, one. yes. Yes and no. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you go in, in uh, HR.com, you know, has, has, has 2 million or so active members. I mean, if you go in, actually, recruiting is really well represented within that membership. And there had already been years worth of dedicated activity towards talent acquisition um, through research, um, which I picked up. Yeah. And also, yeah. you know, just some of the event and, and other focuses. Um, and actually, the magazine's not new um, at all. HR.com publishes oh. 13. They publish 13 of them a month. Um, I had no idea. I didn't have any idea of kind of the scope I was working with either. But, um, you know, that said, they, they really wanted a subject matter expert, which I'm not. Um, but to come in and kind of run through a content community and thought leadership stuff specifically for talent acquisition. Um, yeah. So uh, essentially, I, I did think I came full circle to your earlier point, Robin, in the chance, uh, you know, I think I know that recruiting audience really well, and it is yeah. a completely different persona and type than, you know, the ladies you're going to run into next week um, puking yeah. into their Mark Jacobs bags, right? So um, <laughs> all that is to say that HR.com's reach is magnitudes larger than anything yeah. I've ever had before. So the opportunity to not just interact with my TA people, but also get exposure to you know, the CHROs, CPOs, yeah. and, you know, all those other functions that I haven't gotten for a really long time, uh, was actually pretty exciting to me um, because yeah. I mellowed in my years. And I think that, uh, you know, they're uh, is, is of in need of the message as anyone in TA. So it's just great to be able to work, you know, kind of across the board and across the function without, you know, specializing in, you know, something as, as niche as, a, you know, technology or integrations or things like that. Right. 
Right. Yeah, yeah the, I like the, the uh, thought of. Go ahead, Robin. Go ahead, Robin. Go ahead. I was going to say I like the thought of because I think this is this is our um, our issue sometimes within the greater uh, HR ecosystem is that just like in an organization, everybody within HR gets so siloed by their specialty, if you will. So the oh. you take an organization, the benefits folks don't talk to the recruiters who don't talk to L&D, who don't talk to, you know, the compensation to, you know, unless they have to. And so, and they don't, they're so busy with their own work or their own silo or their own initiative and that cross-functional, even within the HR team, cross-functional awareness of what what's top of mind on the, for the benefits team is, is lost or the benefits team doesn't understand why what they do, they do, but they don't take a deep dive into it. Well, why should recruiting need to know what we're thinking about, uh, you know, for our benefit packages for next year? And 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 they don't stop to think about it and cross their silos within the organization. And so I think with HR.com, with that huge audience, and if that sort of cross-pollination can happen across functions, HR functions, man, that's, that's needed. Yeah, except I should point out, though, for benefits, um, because we're looking to hire a counterpart to me who's a benefit specialist, if you know anyone. Oh. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think it's 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 really we're an interesting time in the profession, and and certainly they've done a really good job of building global reach. So yeah. hopefully, yeah. you know, uh, I can just come in and uh, and have basically the infrastructure in place to do something really special, and I think we've begun to do that. So yeah, and you get to go. Uh, Skiing with uh, Debbie and stuff too. Yeah, and I was about to have to go to Sherman this week too. <laughs> I think Robin and I are both going to be in New Orleans, but I don't think either one of us is going to Sherm. Well, exactly. I hope you will both stop by the HR.com party uh, on Monday night. I will be back well, on, me, on Monday. I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to attend. I just need to know where it's at. I will Thanks send you the invite. Yeah. That, awesome. That's why we had you on the show. We were fishing for an invite to that part. No, um, <laughs> no I was going to, I was going to, you know, HR.com has always been interesting to me because it's a Canadian, Canadian based company. Um, my first experience with them was back right in the midst of the, the housing melt market meltdown. They were running a conference at a casino in Vegas. I, can't, I think it was green river, green Valley, something like that. I can't, can't remember. Anyway, I had just started blogging, and I wrote a note to Deb McGrath, and I asked her if I could, because they were obviously having problems selling tickets to the conference because everybody was out of work or out of money or whatever when everything melted down. And so I got I got an invite to the to the conference and, and attended it without really knowing exactly what it was going to be, and it was uh, oh. it, 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 it was one of the yeah I mean I had been going to Sherm things, but it was one of the first non-Sherm things I had gone to in quite a while, and they had you know venture capital people there they you know they, they they may not have had may not have had as much capital as they they thought they would have but she had that going on and they they just did a, a radically and i still look back on it and like there was a one session where they had like a a, a the director of a, of a philharmonic orchestra come in and the guy's name was roger nirenberg or something like that and he came in and taught, used used uh used a symphony um to show up how bad communication worked. It, it was, I mean, you sat in the midst of these musicians. It was really cool. 
So they had some really innovative sessions and di- just all kinds of different things that weren't like the Sherm standard, you know. And, and yeah. so I've I've yeah. always been fascinated by what 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 HR.com does. Um, so Matt, can you give us like, maybe like a little background on that? Like for because I don't I, you would think with two million people, a lot of most people would be familiar, but I'm sure there's some that have not brushed up well, against it, HR.com. Yeah, I, I, well, I would be surprised only because the real genius was SEO, right? And 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 that mm-hmm. yeah. one thing I'm never going to be able to to knock is that somebody in Port Jackson, Ontario, was one of the first like you know 100 sites registered on the internet, and that that's first HR.com, which is become yeah. this huge entity, right? But, you know, at the same time, um, it, it, it's bigger than I realized. And I met Deb, actually, when I was at Cornerstone On Demand. Uh, she came and, and, and visited me in my office there. So it's been, you know, a good decade um, that I've been an HR.com member and interacting with them. And I've been on their customer advisory boards and stuff. Um, but, yeah, so essentially, uh, you know, we have a few different ways that uh, our business functions. Uh, one of those is research, which I'm, I'm pretty heavily involved in. And so we have a whole HR research institute that uh, essentially does surveys. Uh, I just finished writing the report, uh, for example, on the state of high volume and hourly recruiting and hiring. Um, so we, we have that, and that will generally consist of a benchmark report, uh, like an infographic, and then a virtual event uh, that just kind of ties it all together. Um, we run industry advisory boards. So I have several of those going any one time from the future of talent acquisition to employer branding. Um, and that's just a way for us to be able to get like, you know, uh, primary research in addition to just uh, surveys. And then, uh, you know, our, our biggest part of the business, I think, is actually on the L&D side. So we are the largest, uh, provi- I, I don't know what the correct term is, clearinghouse, destination certifier, whatever, of both SHRM and HRCI uh, certified mm-hmm. content on demand. So that's, that's a huge mm-hmm. segment of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do events. So um, that's, that's a little new, the live events. Um, Deb started that, you know, in, in, in the middle of, of COVID and, you know, has just been kind of uh, biding her time. And the time is now. So we'll be starting that in Nashville um, coming up in October. So that's, that's another element. And then, you know, obviously the big one is, is we do a lot of work with, with vendors um, on, like, custom content campaigns and, and also uh, community activation. So kind of all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. A couple things there. I'm not even sure. I mean, not that I'm a deep expert on HR.com, but I'm not sure I need a couple of those things that you guys were involved with. That's very cool. That's very Robin? Cool. Very cool. Yeah, so um, so let's get to the meat of um, uh, since you've been you know uh, you're so immersed in it, right? Let's ask the million dollar question: What is the future of talent acquisition? What what are you seeing? Well, I I, I think at some point we're going to have to stop calling it talent acquisition because, and I don't actually say this jokingly. Um, the quote talented people, they already have jobs. And I think that's like, you know, it's what they would call a mature yeah. economy. But what I, I do think is so interesting is that the majority of, of hiring events and where you're going to start seeing, I, I think a huge segment of the workforce starting to go and companies buy our, you know, the research we just did are, are significantly increasing their spend are those hourly frontline, low skill, high turnover type positions 
or what became codified as, um, you know, essential employees, ironically, during the recession. Um, that's really where uh, I think you're going to start seeing um, a, a very big difference in the way that TAs run. Because right now, if TA function will run everything generally from an executive director, you know, any time, often VPs and above will go to a search firm, uh, all the way down yeah. to like campus, right? And yeah. uh, they'll do basically the whole, what, what's now called total talent. But you are seeing this uh, high volume hourly specialty really emerging because what, you know, I, I wish that I had a nickel for every time somebody said that recruiting is sales and recruiting is marketing. And I think that's very true. Uh, both of those assertions on the full-time, you know, we need to source these people and build a pipeline and do all this stuff. Yeah. Um, on the other side, it's supply chain. And yeah. so I think that what you're starting to see, interestingly, is less of an emphasis on technology. And, and that actually goes for both of these camps, but certainly much more on process efficiency. So, you know, uh, basically, how can I make my, my processes as lean and as quick as possible um, without uh-huh. incurring a bunch of costs? And then, you know, secondarily, you are starting to see the emergence of um, kind of a weird category that crosses the two that, that is sitting in TA. And that is um, what I would call like a career concierge, for lack of a better term. And that's somebody who just specializes in internal mobility. So I actually think the future of TA actually is largely focused on the supply chain process side of the house, you know, positions mm-hmm. that don't require sourcing, but require, you know, a background check. And I yeah. think that it, it involves actually being a different type of business partner. And that is less about hiring just in time externally and more about taking that longer term pipeline approach internally uh, both to help talent develop and also stand retention. Mm-hmm. Well, it, you know, it's, it's taking, it, it, it's organizations taking the lessons from the small mid-sized companies that really kind of never stop doing that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I think about, um, you know, my previous uh, job before I, came to my current company, um, as we all know and love the stories, right, from my oh time my God, in the industry. You know, I mean, that was, that, was, that was high volume, that was churn, that was hourly employees, part-time, full-time, you know, every shift, every, everything from, uh, you know, a cook to cocktail waitresses to security, whatever, right, boom, 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 just higher, higher, higher. And, you know, high volume, high churn, high turnover, all those things. And, but it was getting, getting people in as quickly as possible. Um, I, I had no budget. I mean, and this was local, right? So it's not like we were recruiting all over the world. It, was it always is. A fairly tight, tight geographic area, certainly. Um, but, man, it was, you know, every two weeks we had 25, 20, 25 new hires. And so it was with three people in the entirety of HR, right? So it's not just all we were doing. We were doing everything else, too. But, you know, it was, we totally were looking at how do we hire the right people, give them the real, those are reality they need when they're applying here, 
um, and, and all those sorts of things, but also get them in as quickly as possible, make it as streamlined, easy. I mean, we got back to the, you know, every other month we were doing, you know, on-site, quote, job fairs, right? Come in, meet with the hiring manager. You're walking out the door with an offer in hand. You've already filled out your background check paper. Here's your drug screen. Go do it. Boom. You're starting next month. You know, boom, boom, boom. Uh, quick, fast, um, easy. Um, and there was a human face to it, which they also liked. And we had folks that struggled using the limited technology we had. Um, but more importantly, it also fit within my, like I said, we hired, yeah, yeah 40-ish people a month. My My recruiting budget, like for any sort of, um, things above and beyond the system was hold hold your hat two hundred and fifty dollars a month. That's what I had to work with. So I think it's you know there was there's a lot of that that still goes on. And, yeah. And and getting back to yeah everything doesn't need to be behind a you know long drawn out process. Sometimes the simpler simpler things can work. And do. In fact, in those yeah. positions, interestingly enough, a huge part of talent scarcity we're finding is being driven by the uh, huge proliferation of HR technologies. If you think yeah. about that candidate profile and the amount of, like, you know, either steady broadband or, or data in most yeah. cases yeah. required to get through, uh, you know, a video interview and a text assessment and all this, it's, it's actually... Yeah. Um, preempting a lot of people from joining the workforce and actually in a lot of cases extending uh, time to hire because they're, you know, yeah. still looking for that uh, needle in the haystack when they need the whole haystack. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, I've, I've heard this other thing, Matt, that I've heard anecdotally like on, you know, HR forums and stuff. I keep seeing these, you know, just like cries from the wilderness of like, why do I need to do nine interviews? Why not? You know, and it's like, and it just seems as if like, as hard as it is allegedly to hire people, we've made it much more complicated. Are you hearing that kind of stuff as well? In terms I mean, of yeah, like that's, the, these, that's like, not new. That's not new, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that, that's changed a little bit on the executive side is the, with virtual interviewing, there's less need to consolidate it into, like, a single day, yeah. right? And, yeah. and so right. I think that actually has drawn the process on a little bit. But as much as I, like, always will say that nothing's really changing in TA, interestingly enough, interviews is the one category that I would say is having some profound shifts right now. And interestingly turns out to be uh, what everyone calls AI is conversational intelligence. Uh, the best use for that ever, because, you know, uh, a bot uh, or an algorithm can do just as good a job as your hiring manager of uh, asking uh, canned questions and then recording the answer. Mm-hmm. And you have a yeah. lot of really exciting players um, starting to come up in the space. All of them have uh, like really complex models that are based off of like IO psychology. Uh, I was just at PSYOP a couple weeks ago, which was a trip. And um, just the amount of investment that's going into making it a, a, sort of like a one and done interview experience with, that has better outcomes. Because again, you're, you're, you know, 
90-day success rate with new hires in professional roles is only about, what, 60%. So four out of 10, you're losing. So interviews like a coin flip. And and so I am excited, actually, to see that one area, which is the lowest hanging fruit of all, uh, finally get addressed. Because for years, I I think it's, it's largely been sourcing. And that's like the easiest pet trick in the book now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Robin? What, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, another, another uh, area that you <clears throat> like to, to play around in, I guess, is, uh, you know, technology, um, HR technology, TA technology, things of that sort. What, what are some cool, uh, Cool tools to use uh, to use Fisher's <laughs> term, right? Um, what what are some uh, new technologies out there you've seen lately that you think are interesting? Um, yeah, so I'm not, I don't like to recommend any like paid or, or really expensive stuff. Um, just you know, because if it doesn't integrate with Workday at some point, like it doesn't matter. But um, yeah. you know, within this little stuff, so um, MZ, uh, which is merged with Burning Glass, has a site called economicmodeling.com, uh, which is basically you type any job field, family, and it will break down overall hiring and job posting volume. Um, so it's great for market intelligence. That's, that's a free tool that will make you want to get the rest, um, to be honest. Um, there is a company uh, called Sapia, uh, which used to be called Predictive Hire, um, but, you know, there is yeah, yeah. capital rebranded. And they have a uh, free-to-use interview diagnostic um, that's on their website where you can actually go and use the product, but at the same time, you get to see, like, what a hiring manager would see about you. Um, I know Google actually just released a very similar product, but it's limited to yeah. just text reviews, whereas this is, you know, uh, works across the board. I did one for... Uh, or the algorithm had trained for a recruiter uh, and thought that uh, it, was, it was pretty spot on, frankly. Um, and so I think that's just like a really good chance to, um, to look at kind of where I think interview is going. And, and then, you know, I would say off the top of my head, um, some other really, really great technologies that I've seen recently are ones that have promised. Um, one that springs to mind is called Stacia, which is sort of taking learning and development and applying it to VR, um, so which, which you think is like a little trick, right? Like it, it shouldn't make a difference. But I have to tell you, I, I just went to the first course that we rolled out with them, which was on um, like neurodiverse awareness and being able to be in an immersive experience where you can see, like see and sense what like a neurodiverse person is going huh. through is the best training in the world, right? So I, I certainly think that the use cases uh, in, in VR are going to increase once, you know, the, the hardware price drops a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Who was it? Hmm. Somebody, like, last year, the year before, I don't know, one of these damn COVID years, somebody did a conference, a VR conference, because there were like Tim Cup or somebody went to it. There was there was like some people that went and everybody got like a headset to like go to this. Oh yeah, conference. the one that Microsoft did with uh, with Matt. Yeah, I think I did that one. Okay. Yeah. That would have been freaky. It, yeah, there's it, a. Uh, go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say, and probably the same thing you did, I actually did a recruiting networking event in, at the Altspace VR yesterday, and it is creepy. But at the same time, it's a decent, it's actually a decent substitute once you get over the artifice. Ah. There, there's a company um, that I saw a few years ago called Mersion, M-U-R-S-I-O-N, um, and they're, they're a VR company, and they were working – with Amazon and they were working on leadership uh, supervisor training. And what they had was a, a VR headset that was, wasn't completely AI driven. There were like human beings that role played somewhere, you know, and role played some scenario. And then, yeah. then it played, played, but it was like training supervisors, how to handle difficult conversations and that kind of stuff. And I thought that was, that was, that was probably about three or four years ago. And I didn't get to actually sit through a session. We got to watch some, you know, video, demos of it but it's pretty cool and i but i haven't i haven't followed up on how they're doing that i think that's probably an area that we'll see a lot more stuff coming out of in the near future though i would think um time-wise much like the changes with zoom and all the interviewing things you were just mentioning hey matt you also do i think um as i followed along in that weird virtual way as i followed along i think you've also been active on being like on advisory boards for for uh companies along the way over the last several years, which, uh, which is, is a bit different than that. A lot of HR people, can you, can you talk to us a little bit about that? If it's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Into, and I've been in, you know, and I wrong board yeah, most of those companies have gotten sold. So I guess, you know, uh, whatever, whatever been doing is working, but um, yeah, you know, what's interesting is that for most of the promising startups, and HR technology that are like, let's say, Series A and before, um, they all have one of two things. They're either a legacy HR services company that's trying to reposition themselves as a tech provider, okay? Or, and this is the much more common use case, and this is where I've been able to help, you have, like, let's say, somebody who just graduated Stanford or Berkeley, are the two most common, with a degree in computer science, goes out, to, you know, interview at the Googles and Facebooks of the world and instantly decides that hiring is broken and this is an inefficient <laughs> process, which indeed it is, and it just so turns out that they actually have the technical expertise to build a product to address that use case. What they don't have is any knowledge of, you know, how to deal with HR people, uh, the yep. ecosystem some of the challenges they face, which is why you see like, we're the world's first this. And you're like, no, I can list 15 of those. But, you know, I think my, my utility there is really being able to talk to both, you know, kids in hoodies pulling bongs and uh, actually I'm much more comfortable with them, but also like, you know, CHROs. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, I think they're both looking for the same thing, which is to stop uh, the inefficiency of the hiring process and uh, make better matches and, and better long-term connections. Cool. Yeah. It, it's the, uh, it just, it, it seems like it would be just a, a really interesting to kind of be in the, in the back room for some of those things and have a chance to you know be a fly on the wall or whatever analogy you want to use. Um, thanks. Mm-hmm. Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, let's do a little bit of a reset now that we're 40 minutes into our, um, our long, I don't even think I did an introduction show. now that uh, you mention it. Yeah. Right? Yes, yeah, please we'll do. do a reset. So, uh, 
So uh, it's Michael uh, Vandervoort and Robin Schooling here talking with our guest, Matt Charney, um, about a whole host of things. So um, I'm, I'm going to take us on a little journey to the past and, and the future a little bit at the same time. Um, they teased it, right? So, so Sherm, Sherm is coming up next year. We have all gone to many, many, many of them over the years. Even Matt has gone to far more than he would have ever thought he would go to. Um, and uh, it's, it's quite the, quite the event, quite the show. Um, I've been, I've been blackballed by, by them for the last several years. So right. I fell out of grace, um, grace with the mothership and that's quite all right. Um, but, uh, because it's in New Orleans, I'm going to take advantage and, and, uh, pay a visit. I want, I'm not paying any money. I'm not, and I have a badge. I'm just going to walk around the convention center and talk to people. Um, but uh, uh, what are your memories of of Sherm and uh, the event, the annual conference? Uh, disappointment, frankly. Um, and, and so I want to like set that stage by saying that they're among the first general trade shows that I've been to, and I think had a much bigger, uh, you know, outsized impact 10 years, 10, 12 years ago than it probably did yeah. today. But, yeah, you know, I, I, coming into this industry um, was so excited to go to my first one because it's a big deal here, all the movers, decision makers, all this. It was the San Diego Convention Center. And the first thing I see when I go to pick up my registration, and this is like 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, because I was hustling, I think, to watch a World Cup game. I, I see this lady puking in her handbag, uh, which is actually why I always make that joke, but it's not a joke. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, what a, like, early Irish novel alcoholic this poor lady is. And, and as it turns out, she was actually the CHRO of a Fortune 50 company and SR Speak two days later. And I was just <laughs> like, wow, these, the people who are in charge are really as stereotypical as an inept and status quo embracing as everyone externally thinks they are. I thought I'd meet all these like really intellectually stimulating people because I would, you know, inflated titles and had done all these certifications. So when I think I realized one, um, the reason why you don't have a seat at the table is because frankly, that subset who can take seriously. Two, HR is a vertically integrated and monopolistic business run by a pretend nonprofit. And I think that that had some, you know, severe implications for me because I'm like, wait a second, the same company that charges for credentialing also develops the curriculum in colleges and requires, yeah. like, yeah. like, it's very scary, frankly, because no other industry, I think, has that. And, and I think, you know, finally, I see why HR is so later curve on adoption because even this year, if you look at the sessions compared to 10 years ago, it's the same specious stuff to the yeah, point yeah. where, like, I literally could take a special description, cut and paste out the word millennial for Gen Z, and it's the same content. And I'll never forget, like, the first session I ever attended was on Gen, gen uh, millennials, you know, Gen Y, yeah. whatever we were. And this lady walked up to me afterwards, and again, I'm like 23, and she goes, excuse me, I'm like, can I help you? She goes, you look like you're a millennial. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, I couldn't help but 
see that you're wearing a wristwatch. And I, I, I just have to ask. I, I thought that, 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 that millennials didn't wear wristwatches. And I'm like, so the people who are in charge of diversity, inclusion, equity, the ones who are responsible for EEOC, AA regulations are making sweeping stereotypes that are stupid about protected classes with no shame. This is yeah. awesome. And that's yeah. when I would say Sherm really pushed me towards becoming a recruiter uh, and one that was tech forward at that because, you know, the average small to medium-sized business HRBP is, was, was the ultimate Karen before the, that word entered the English lexicon, right? Like we knew yeah. what that was immediately yeah. because they were Sherm Palooza's. And um, yeah. yeah, the other thing I'll say is that they have done a great job of bringing in such inspiring keynote speakers over the years as, as Bill Cosby and Tony Shea, both of whom I think we can learn many life lessons from. So, you know, it has been a total. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and yeah. I will never forget um, sitting in a mega session one year. Um, this was in New Orleans, just circa 2010-ish maybe, um, with uh, Dave Ramsey. Yep. Mm. Doing his pseudo yeah. pseudo Christian financial stuff to eight hundred, huh. you know, HR folks in the to room. a room full of people who make way more money than they deserve. That's, that's great. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, so, so I'm, I I wasn't blackballed. In fact, I was asked to be a Sherm influencer this year, probably because I didn't make as much noise as you did, Robin. But I declined because I just didn't want to chill on behalf of that organization um, lately. Um, I, I had, I kind of had to, until I came back to Publix a couple of years ago, I kind of had to maintain a, a relationship with them professionally for the organization that I worked in. And now I don't. And even though Johnny has somehow gone through some weird metamorphosis where he's much more casual and laid back these days than he was earlier when, uh, you know, it's just, I, it's just, yeah, I, I just don't like what they're doing right now. And it's not one thing. It's just they don't they don't make me enthusiastic. And I, I didn't even look at the yeah. schedule for this year's conference. I, I Like, I don't care um, because I don't have any doubt that what you said is true, Matt, that it, it's probably a lot of the old guard that spoke the last time. They, you know, anyway, um, but I do miss the people. And that's why, that's why I'm headed to New Orleans for – you know, I'm going to stay in the French Quarter, so even if I don't see a single HR person, I'm probably pretty sure I can still have a good time. But, um, you know, I want to go see some people. So I'm I'm flying on my yep. points and using airline miles and all that to, to get there and spend a few days in New Orleans. That's really on my time and what, it lets me do and see what I want to do. And I'll probably do the same thing you're doing, Robin. I'll probably go walk the convention hall because you're bound to run into people you know. Yep. That's that's the yep. connection. That's the connection I miss is the is the people, not the not the learning and not the not the selling and all not that Jensen. stuff. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Although I do, I will kind of miss uh, the uh, the inability to go into the expo hall because I I do get a, a you know go a little aghast sometimes at some of the vendors that are there selling. Um, you know, uh, there was a Botox one there one year. There was a, a mm-hmm. breastfeeding, breast pump one, lactation people. And 
you know. Right. You know, it's both in the wellness category, you know, that little aisle. But it's, yeah, there was, it's, a, uh, there was a few and, years and, ago, there, 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 there was a crypto booth. Pay, do, do your payroll through crypto before <laughs> crypto became what oh, it is so or odd. was. So, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, as Rob Legal pointed out on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, they used to give away free uh, free hall passes, you know, that the vendors could pass out, but they don't do that anymore. So you can't even can't even get one from HR.com or any other friends because they don't offer that as a as an available perk to to their vendors anymore because it costs too much money. They were letting people too many people in for free or whatever. I don't I don't get it. But anyway, yeah, I, I you know the, yeah like I was. Like, you know, New Orleans um, is where I met Franny Oxford for the first time. I think it's 2009, you know, and that's, that, I mean, she's like yeah, a super friend yeah. now, yeah. You, you know. And, and so those those are the things that over the years of Sherm that have really, really bad. I mean, it's probably where I met you, Robin. I mean, I know we met, you know, I don't can't call out where we met, but I mean, that's yeah. how I got to know you as well, right? Same with Matt. Yeah. Um, you know, through Sherman and other other events. But anyway, that's what I miss these days. I I I, uh, I'm, I I would like to go. I didn't. I wanted to go to Unleash, but I couldn't make it work. So I would like to go to some other, you know, industry event, but not not a Sherman event right now. It was, so, anyway. it was good. Yep. It was good. So so Matt, um, what what? Uh, so it, it, now that conferences are coming back to life, and I, I guess HR.com has some, but what like what? What are you looking forward to in that venue? Like, are there any events coming up in in this fall season or maybe next year that you're looking forward to? Well, I mean, so coming up uh, the weekend after our 4th of July is my favorite ever, you know, event in this space, which is Jamie Leonard's uh, Recruit Fest over in the UK. God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Robin. That was my favorite. Oh, my God. A fun story. That's an outdoor event, right? It is now. I was going to say, fun story. The the I, I the first in person one of those that Jamie did. I was the keynote, and now I'm like, you know, in the middle of lunchtime on like a distant stage. <laughs> um, it's awesome to see how he's grown it, but you know, it, yeah. it's it, it's everything that Sherm's not in the best of ways, yeah. which is to say, yes. young, energetic, feels like you're to like rock show, and it's about connections, not certification. So really looking yeah. forward to that. Um, and I'm also very much looking forward to a Sherm event. Um, a certain friend of ours, uh, Bill Borman, once said that his favorite mm-hmm. conference in the world, and somewhat an expert, is Sherm, Ohio. Um, so <laughs> I'll be seeing that this year um, because I desperately want to see, like, what the weirdest conference that Bill Borman's ever been to in HR, like, could, could possibly look like. Because I've been to some strange yeah. with him. Uh, so, and, yeah. and, 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 and why he says that is a story we probably shouldn't tell on the radio on the uh, radio slide. I don't want to know. It's, it's, it's as much. As I have a safe for. <laughs> I have a safe for radio Bill Borman story directly out of Ohio because he and I attended in the same year. Um, I'm I arrived in Sandusky, Ohio, at the Kalahari. Motor Lodge or whatever the hell the place is called, and Bill yeah, yeah. is tweeting. Bill is tweeting, and he's like, "Hey, I'm in Toledo, Ohio, which isn't that far from Sandusky, but it's like an hour and a half or something." Hey, I'm in Toledo, Ohio. Can, can anyone drop by and give me a ride to Ohio, Sherm? 
I'm like, Bill? Oh, Bill. What the fuck? I get him on a DM and I go, where are you in Toledo? And he's like, I'm in the lobby of a quality inn or some, you know, some hotel. They're letting me use their Wi-Fi, and I'm just I'm looking for a ride. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, who flies to another country and then hitchhikes a ride from the lobby of a hotel? Only Bill Borman. So I drove over and picked him up, and then I then I then I took him grocery shopping, and we we had a we had a it was a really fun event. But I was like, I would no more fly to England and then start tweeting out, Does anybody in London want to give me a ride? Then, right? You know, I recommend. But that's typical. Typical Bill Borman, as far as I can tell. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. So, it, yeah, I don't know, I guess uh, um, we're coming up on our hour, but you, you want to you ask one final question, Robin? No, I was just going to follow up on, because we got waylaid by Ohio Sherm. Um, um, another, event, uh, another event that I'm sure Matt will be at that, that I'm looking forward to when there's a fall iteration is Talent Map as well. Other oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I've been to I've been to the last couple in person, which while smaller, obviously have been you know limited to Dallas yeah. locals. But that's you know the reason I live in Texas is literally because of the connections and people I met through TalentNet. So yep. we're yeah. super excited to have everyone from outside uh, this state start to to come back, and uh, hopefully I can have a house party too now. So that'll be great. Woo-hoo. That that would be that would be nice. So Matt, I want to close. Um, I know you. I know you like the 420 every every little now and then. So like you, you can go to Canada now and get it anywhere, I guess. And yeah. I don't know what the state of Texas is. Yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah. So so like, but I I I I seem to recall a story where you planned an, a company event and you did like a sampling or something that I, I, I don't, I don't remember all the details because it might've been a little while ago, but is, was that a real thing? Or, <laughs> or was... you were there. I wanted to too. Um, yeah. So as it turns out, HR people generally are like the general population in the sense that uh, I wrote an article, like I want to say this was 2016. Uh, it was for 420 about like why we need to stop making that a thing and hiring. And I got a call from, at the time, the global head of talent acquisition from AT&T, maybe 15 minutes after I published it, saying, I, you, you never heard this from me, but, but thank you for doing that. And the more conversation I had, the more I realized that it's like one of those things that's like unsaid, um, but it's also really cheap mm-hmm. compared to buying booze. So uh, yeah, I'm start, where it is legal. So that's now 19 states, the District of Columbia, and then obviously <coughs> can't at all. Um, starting rather than do a sponsored bar or wherever I'm, you know, having to pay a couple thousand dollars minimum to get a bunch of drinks for like 200 bucks can, uh, you know, smoke everyone out, have a great time. And that's when you actually learn about <laughs> it. Uh, but not in Texas, sadly. You can go to jail for it there, which is why I can no longer use TSA pre-check. So there you go. Yeah, that's, that's, that that TSA pre-check is like the greatest thing in my life, to be honest with you. So, and, yeah, 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 uh, I know. yeah. Uh, but I am, a, I'm uh, a and I guess you can't. You, offender, so. Yeah, yeah, I know, because you got that. Yeah, so you can't get clear either, right? Because you got to be pre-check no, I, I, to get I, that. I, so you, clear, but that's only okay. Yeah. Okay. Clear can't read my eyes, and it can't identify my fingerprints. Apparently, I'm the invisible man as far as clear is concerned. So I signed up for a complimentary thing. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's that identity switch I did several years ago. Um, yeah, no, I just I quit <laughs> using them because they literally didn't work for. I didn't work in their equipment. So anyway, Matt, it was great to catch up. I uh, I, I look forward to seeing you again uh, one of these days in, in like real life. But I'm glad we finally mm-hmm. had a chance to to, to talk and. Um, congratulations on the HR.com thing and the new at the home and all surviving COVID and all of those things. And we'll get you back on in about 2033, I think, is where we have wow. you something on the calendar. Indeed. So mark, mark that off, will you? <laughs> so, anyway. uh, 100 Robin. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. No, I said, you know, by then, you know, Robin, I'll see you in person uh, Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. And we will be hanging around Sherm and thumbing our noses over in the general direction of the organization. I don't know. We're joking. But anyway, thanks, Matt, for being the guest. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show. When we we close, we're done. I'll put the link out here in just a minute. And we will catch you both soon. Take care. This is Michael saying goodbye.